This weekend, I'm going to be in Washington State, just a little bit southeast of where I grew up in Enumclaw, Washington. That's not where I grew up. I grew up in Lake Forest Park, Washington. But I'm coming to Enumclaw. Why? Because there's people there that want to laugh and feel good because life can get crazy. So if you live in Enumclaw or anywhere nearby, Maple Valley, fucking whatever else is near there, come to the Chalet Theater on Saturday because I'm going to be performing an hour, possibly more, of stand-up comedy, brand-new material since I've been back to Washington State to do shows. I cannot wait. Enumclaw, Saturday, February 29th, 8 p.m., Chalet Theater. Come out and see your boy. Sweet Jesus. Yo, that scared the fuck out of me. Legit. Wow. Hello, Enumclaw? <laughs> uh, Enumclaw, uh, I, I, I promise I'll keep it together. I'll be more composed than that if your phone go, goes off during the show. Uh, but hopefully it doesn't. I don't even think you have the internet in Enumclaw. So, talk to a friend, talk to a pigeon, make sure they give you the, the right fucking information for the show on Saturday at the Chalet Theater. And then if you live in San Francisco, a little bit south of Seattle... Uh, I'm going to be at the Punchline March 4th through the 7th, one of my favorite clubs in the country. I performed uh, there last year and recorded my album, Read the Room, which you can get on uh, Spotify or iTunes. Uh, So that's next week, March 4th through the 7th, San Francisco Punchline. Come out and see me. Tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. All right? Are we excited? Yeah? You guys feeling good? Me too. Collars up. Let's start the show. Yeah? Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that how you start? Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're a real dude's dude, Mike. You know Jeff Die. You know Jeff Die? Very well. He just he told me the same thing on his podcast. He goes, I just feel like I can hang out with you. People, I, I, This is a compliment. I, li- I like that people aren't like, you're a douchebag. I don't think I could ever vibe with you. You're a real douche's douche. <laughs> yeah, you're a real douche's dude. Not a compliment. Yeah. What, uh, but you're from... You know, Oceanside, New York. I was born in New York, and then uh, I moved when I was eight to pretty much Indiana. Because you've got that New York vibe. Really? Yeah, with your voice and with your, like, even, and I noticed, too, because people uh, have told me that I have an East Coast vibe, and I could tell right away when you came in and we started joking that you kind of went into, like, the New York guy with me, and I was like, oh, see, I make people think that I'm from some borough in Brooklyn that you I'm not. You do. You look like you're from Ohio immediately. I was like, hey, how are you? Yeah, they- right. <laughs> hey, look at you. Adam, you got great teeth. All right, I'll tell you. you I mean, did do that. But I remember growing up, you know, my grandmother was just here. I flew her out, uh, and she's, she's 91. Wow. And she just left this morning. Still flying. By the way, she's a right. I mean, I love her to death. I mean, I really do. But Stories for days? I've never heard anyone complain as much as her. I love it, but I, I, I'm not kidding. But don't it's, you get to do that at 91? But I, you know what's going to be going on for about 80 years. <laughs> but it's like, isn't it cold in here? Isn't it? Are you hot? Ever? I'm telling you, this is what happened this morning. I just called because I had a car pick her up and take her, you know, and, you know, take her to the gate. There's yeah. a person that could take her to the yes. gate. So I did everything I could. She's, you know, she's taking care. She doesn't have to, they'll pick her up in a cart. They'll bring her to the gate. For they'll you. take her through. So I just call. I go, how are you doing? She goes. I'm good. I just got here, but you know, this the plane boards in 35 minutes. I have 35 minutes to waste. 
Do you want waste. to be pulled up as it's leaving? Yeah. What can yeah. I do for she you? Does <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, I just but you just kind of suck it up. And she, yeah, she but she's a sweet woman. Has she? Uh, is she your only grandma? That's alive. Yeah, yeah. Ninety one. I feel like is a uh, does. Who else has like in the nineties relatives? Sam. Yeah. My, my grandma's close. She's eighty eight. Eighty eight, and you're how old? You're thirty seven. Yeah, thirty six. And I'm forty seven. I'll be forty eight, and I have a ninety one year old grandmother. It's crazy. My dad had me when he was like 19. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. He was a graduation <laughs> gift. <laughs> I think so. And an accident. Yeah. All in one. That's, yeah. pretty, no, no, that's no. pretty rare for a Jewish guy. Well, he was he was a hippie dude. He was like, he went to Woodstock. My grandmother was worried and got her my uncle to go chase him down at Woodstock. I wanted to write a movie called Chasing Woodstock. Great title. Uh, it's a grandma and, a, and this guy's brother who'd go out to try to find their brother at Woodstock. Oh my God! Isn't that a cool thing? And you basically just get to see the Woodstock experience. Yeah, around you, and they find different things about themselves that they never thought. And they find at the end, you know, they, it brings them together. But you see, like all these things. I want to recreate Hendrix and like almost like that Wembley shit at, uh, um, you know, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, there a is a whole movie like that. You uh, do you like to go to music festivals in general or big polluted, uh, you know, where there's a lot of people? <laughs> Coachella. Know, have you been to Coachella? I haven't been to Coachella. Who's I been to Coachella? I've been there. You've been twice? I went to the first two. God damn. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, dude. Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah. I, w I went to the first two Bonnaroo's. <laughs> I've been to like Lollapalooza's back in the day yeah, with yeah. like Jane's Addiction and yeah. Alice in Chains. Yeah. But I, I got to be honest with you. Now, now it's like if I, I can only watch like a band, maybe two. My back is starting to hurt. I'm like, you know, oh. I get tired. Who wants to be 15 hours at a, at a nowhere to sit? You know, it's a great show for you. Hollow Notes. I went and saw I've been there. So good, but guess what? I was one of five people that stood up the whole time. Everyone behind me was like, would you sit the fuck down? Dude, what is that? That's my, one of my biggest pet peeves. Me too. I get fired up. I get angry guy. Oh, you and me I, would be great at a I was at a concert. Steely Dan concert, all right? I love oh, Steely yeah. Dan, and I'm there. I'm so excited. And they all of a sudden, hey, 19. And I get up, and I'm like, well, we can nothing. And I'm at the guy goes, Shut, sit down. <laughs> And I turn around, this guy's got binoculars like behind me. I'm like in the eighth row. I'm like, what are you talking about? Sit down, people want. I go, you came to a concert, dude. Yeah. You're at a concert. Why don't you watch YouTube or a video? Yeah. It was like, it was like people were yelling at me. Was I'm that like, in LA? I that's just a, paid 150 bucks. Yeah. That's an LA thing. Remember that guy who tried to attack me at Dave Matthews and had yeah. to go get security? Yeah. I go, he's behind me. He's, By the way, yeah. <laughs> what is that? I mean, in Can't the history afford? of white guys at Dave Matthews concerts, I think that's the only time that two, because this guy was just a dance machine, like classic white guy, Dave Matthews oh, dancer. Was that? I was. He tried, he tried to get me to sit down. Yes. Yeah. It was insane. Something always happens to me at concerts. I remember going to a Fleetwood Mac concert with Tom Arnold and Dax Shepard. Wow. And it, it was on my birthday. It was my birthday gift. Very fuck kill. And I... <laughs> <laughs> hey, well. But I remember being there, and I'm telling you, it's the, the lowest key, softest Fleetwood Mac song. What song? Sarah, you are the poet in my heart. You know that one? Mm -hmm. Something mellow, dude. Everybody's just... And this dude in front of us, I don't know what he's on, but he just keeps whipping around and looking at me. And I'm like, and I'm uncomfortable now. I'm like, dude, this, he looks like he's going to kill me. I don't know why. Because I'm singing a little bit. And I go, Dax, you know, this guy keeps staring at me. I don't, and Dax, when the guy turns around, Dax goes, <laughs> makes a face at him or something. Yeah. And the next thing you know, this guy turns around and whips a giant, the biggest beer you can imagine on Tom Arnold. <laughs> who's not even knowing what's going on. He's like, what, what the fuck, buddy? What the fuck? What and all of a sudden, we're like grabbing each other oh, and yeah. people come and they whip us out. And like, we had to explain. We missed at least, we missed Rhiannon. 
we missed like a bunch of good songs. You got thrown out? Well, eventually the guy did because he was absolutely MC hammered. Yeah. So, was it John Was it John Goodman? Was it a husband <laughs> rivalry? It wasn't Goodman. But it was the guy who threw the beer at our test in the Pacers, Pacers Pistons melee. Cut, take, let's take that yeah, yeah. time, Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> Can we roll it back? Yeah. It was the guy who threw the beer at our test in the Pacers Pistons melee of 04. It's <laughs> a fucking tongue twister. Is that a school of theater vocal warm up? You, you yeah, don't no. actually edit that, right? No. Could you imagine they're like editing? They want him to sound articulate. If I literally, oh my God. That guy's imagine name? if yeah. I was like, oh my God, really <laughs> do that? It takes a lot of editing. And then I start. Articulate our test through the beer at the, wait, what was it? <laughs> The guy who threw the beer at our test in the Pacers-Pistons melee of 04. <laughs> Mark and I were joking about this on the road about, about hilarious tongue twisters. Because you went to uh, theater school, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where at? Oh, I went to Western Kentucky University. Fuck yeah. I had to have a 2.2 to get in. For so real? fuck yeah. So fuck yeah. Yeah. Were you the, uh, are you the most famous alum? Uh, you know, I don't think so. Um, John Carpenter. Ooh. I, I think he's an alum. Okay. Um, yeah, that's about it. I can't remember. Of there's, the there's other of John- the Carpenters, huh? Of the Carpenters, not, no, the horror movie, the horror movie, John Carpenter. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, the thing, Escape from New York. I know those you know. movies. I have not seen them. Halloween. Have you heard of that? I get scared watching scary movies. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the duo. No, um, but Western was uh, Western was good school. So what was your question? Well, yeah. So did they have you know? Because I always love you know. I went to a school theater at SC out here, and we had freshman year a lot of like the the tongue twistery, like trying to get your like the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue, the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. <laughs> Is that what they say? Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, just to get your yeah, like the you- opening sequence of Anchorman. Exactly. Yeah. But Mark and I would come up with a few on the road. And what was the one we came up with? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what was it? It was like, did you hear the news about the two Jews that fell off the cruise? <laughs> <laughs> We're now to the cruise ship door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of fun ones to come up with. Uh, did you have any insane, like, uh, memorable teachers? Well, the Beastie that- Boys, he thrust his fist against the post and still assists he sees the ghost. Remember that one? Yes. And then there was one, the big black bug bit the big black bear and the big black bear bled blue black blood. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable trying to get through that one. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, do that. Where's this one. going exactly? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, you know it's good. You, you won't be able to do it. I'll give you. You have no time. You're going to immediately do it. So get ready. I'm going to go to each one. Are you ready? I want you to say "toy boat" five times fast. Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy boat. That wasn't that fast. I I was just thinking it. I got through the five already. In your head. <laughs> got through the, all rammed up over here, baby. Uh, <laughs> all right. Sandy. It's a hard one. Toy boat. Toy boy. Toy boy. Toy boy. Oh, yeah. Tie tie lady boy. Tie lady boy. Tie lady boy. Tie lady boy. No, that's not one, Nate. No. It's kind of slow though. It's kind of slow. Toy boat, toy boat, toy yeah. boat. Yeah. Okay, I'm. Yeah, I'm yeah. Well, you d- you do a lot of impressions, right? I mean, I've always done impressions. Can you do it yeah. as walking, doing toy boat? Everybody does. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. What the fuck are we doing here? What is this? Is that dude? When you were in uh, theater school, did you know? You seem like you strike me as somebody who also was a performing for the family type kid, yeah. And I had friends. to nobody listen to me. This is the truth. I'm not asking for like you know, oh poor thing. I always have felt since I'm a kid that the only way to be accepted is to make people laugh, to get my dad to laugh, wow. to, for him to think I'm funny, for other friends to think I'm funny, for their families to think I'm funny. Just so, I always feel like when I leave, if I'm funny, I almost reenact in my head. I bet their dad's like that kid's funny. He's a funny kid, or. Like um, I'm like being the way ex- you do that walking toy boat. Whatever. That was out of just, nowhere. just being accepted. I felt like it was always like that. Acting was an outlet to just be someone else. Impressions. You know, I didn't go out on Saturday night, so I would stay home and memorize like Saturday Night Live impressions. I'd be like, 
I remember doing Fernando. I don't know if you remember. He's like, you look absolutely marvelous. Okay, Billy Crystal. My daddy always told me. And I remember doing this with my parents when they would come home, the church lady. And I am um, Hans. This is for together. We're here to pump you up. And I would do the whole thing. Wow. Of all, but that was way back. And so then in college, I started doing like Fire, fire Marshal Bill because that was a big thing. Come and, on. Uh, and so I started doing Fire Marshal Bill and, I would, and Andrew Dice Clay. And I started making money at parties. My buddy, we'd have a thing. It's like, hey, he'll do impressions for a buck or whatever. I make thirty bucks. We buy beer, buy breakfast. Holy shit! And I would just do impressions and shit. Do you think that Ari Shapiro will show up and accuse you of stealing material because of what you just did? <laughs> Maybe. Possible. <laughs> 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 uh, so in Living Color, Fire Marshal Bill. That was that to me was my like SNL. Obviously, I think is a part of everyone's oh, like yeah. comedic, uh, you know, inspiration. But in Living Color, to me, was so. Just also because it was memorized and and it was um, you know just was it memorized? Like, no cue cards, no cue cards. Not that I. I mean, it was groundbreaking. Period. All those guys. I, was, I couldn't see any. No, there were no cue cards. But it was it was all it was rehearsed, you know. And it was to me, it was just. I feel like they had more weapons at their disposal. Like Jim Carrey on SNL, I don't think would be as dominant as he was on Living Color because he yeah. got to find really find Vera DeMilo or Fire Marshal Bill and. And worked at, you know what I'm saying? Do you remember Vera DeMilo? Oh, yeah. I, what was it? He goes, let this be a lesson to all those who practice evil. Oh, yeah. When you mess with my breast, <laughs> you get, but you die like the rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember, I, it, that's been 20 years. I have no idea. It's and the lot. way he would bend his body. And oh, my God. And that fire marshal, man, I remember this, just doing this at all the time. Just a minute there, lady. <laughs> and I remember. Let's just say you're falling it, down on the ground. <laughs> the chicken pot pie gets a little too steamy for the, for your liking. Yeah. It was time. <laughs> oh, my God. It was the best, man. Those those things. I, I remember Jim Carrey going, this guy is the biggest genius ever. Oh, yeah. Wow. I loved him. It's crazy that our uh, mutual friend Harland has like jammed with him. Isn't that insane? Oh, yeah. When yeah. I first met Harland, and just the fact, because Jim Carrey is like, Robin Williams, like there's a probably four or five Belushi, Farley up there where I'm just like, I can't, you know. So to even when I first met Harland, I was like, you've, like, you know it? Like, you're, like that was so crazy. And he just throws the like, oh, yeah, you know, you know, Jim comes to my, I came to my wedding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he spoke, he's. Yeah. Funny guy, you know. Yeah, we had a couple Diet Cherry Fantas down at uh, the Sizzler <laughs> Poppin' Shop. Yeah, that is right. The Burke was there. You know, your dad. You know, <laughs> your dad uh, was there. Uh, your dad was there. His dad. Uh, his dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the big black bug. Yeah. Um, you, still, you get. You guys get excited when you meet big celebrities. A thousand percent. Of course. Yeah. Do you, yeah. I mean, do you like? Don't know. Do you, you. I get. I. I just. I don't know how to do it. I, it is. It's hard. That's why I mostly try not to hang out with celebrities. I never feel really comfortable, even try though. Play cool, and it I just comes cool off as apathetic. Before. Yeah, I've never been invited. Never I like the opportunity. <laughs> you never met a celebrity. <laughs> I like to be invited to this party. You know what? I'm most nervous about was James Con. You know, like someone just throws you off. You go this because I I watched the Godfather that morning, and then he came to the bar I was working out that night. Me and Vinny freaked out. We almost like bumped heads twice. We couldn't stop moving. You know, was has there been someone that you got nervous about? Do you know what I'm talking? Oh about? yeah. Oh yeah. And you just like you I was just uncomfortable. Like when we met Paul McCartney, I was totally fine because he's Paul McCartney. What? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. At what? the improv, got off stage. I'm about to go up. Mark goes, don't just not to freak you out. Paul McCartney is in the audience. By the way, it's a Hollywood improv Wednesday night. There's probably 60 people in the crowd. If that, I'm being generous. So in my head, I'm like, I need to crush so hard that Paul McCartney pulls me aside and goes, You want to be best friends forever? Is what I was thinking in my head. Yeah. So I do my stupid set. I walk off stage towards the back just so I can walk right by him. And he does. Grab me and go, Adam. And I go, 
what's up, Sir Paul? And he's like, he's like, great job, great job. I do some dumb Shania Twain yeah. joke. He starts quoting it back to me. He's like, that don't impress me much. That was very funny. He goes, and he goes like, oh, thank you so much. He goes, you want to sit down and have a drink? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll drink anything. I'll do anything to you. I'm very vulnerable, right? <laughs> I sit down. He's like, what should we get? I'm like, I don't know, man, whatever you think. He goes, let's get margaritas. We fucking get margaritas. What? We yeah, cheers margaritas. Yeah. We watch the show. I'm not listening because all in my head, I'm just, I can't stop thinking about that I'm next to him. So I would overcompensate, you know, like if something funny would happen, you want try to check in with the person next to you to be to share that moment. So he'd be watching. I'm in my head just being like, "Don't fucking fart, don't get hard." Like, and and uh, and he's like looking ahead, and all of a sudden I feel him just go, huh? and I just look at him and I go, <laughs> just like overcompensate. Uh, and then we walked out and we we're like, we got to get a picture, and we yeah. stopped him, and uh, and he was really so you got gracious. a picture. Oh yeah. yeah, because we were like he was on the show. Why'd you get his number, dude. Well, I did throw a hail mary, dude. Hey. And this is, I want to ask you this because you've had some killer, amazing guests on your podcast. And I want to know what you would do in this situation. We're in the back. We take the picture. He's got his little uh, chauffeur manager. And I go, uh, Paul, you mind if we get a picture? And a short little British, a caricature of a, of a British guy. He's like, Paul McCoy. He's like, he's got to get in a flight in less than 20 minutes. And we're like, do you mind if we just get a quick snapshot? He's like, and Paul's like, yeah, it's fine. They're on the show. We're doing it real quick. It's fine. And then we take the picture. He's like, groovy, groovy. You guys are great. Groovy. Literally saying groovy. He asked us if we liked it too. If you remember, he goes, is it good enough for you? Is it good enough for you? What a fucking great beat. What if right? he said, he's a no. knight? No, he, he knows how important that picture is. Because he actually Jeez. doesn't. He, he does, does, right? He recognized how big that moment was. So then I just go, I go, Paul, I, I would be a, an idiot if I did not ask. I got this podcast. I go, blah, blah, blah. You know, do you mind? I start shooting some names. I, it's, you know, right down the street. We can come to you. He's like, I've got a flight. Uh, I think we're leaving. Uh, we're going to China at uh, 10 in the morning. I go, dude, we will come over at 7. Do 20 uh, minutes. Serious? Do 20 minutes. And then he just goes, he pulls me in, sm gets a big old uh, uh, smile. And he just goes, it's not going to happen. <laughs> and then and he pats me on the shoulder and he goes, well, have, have a good night. Beautiful. I, yeah, dude. I was like, beautiful. Oh, so have you been in situations where you have been like, because the podcast is a great thing to have in your pocket. Once you do, you know, build some unexpected rapport or, 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 um, you know, some sort of occurrence where you bump into somebody and this and that. And, and you're like, oh, the, like, let me throw a Hail Mary. The worst I can say is no. Maybe get an email, start some dialogue. Have you done that? Have you been in a situation where you haven't done that? What's your approach? Yeah, I'm always thinking in the back of my head because I really, I just love doing the podcast. Yeah. Like you, I just, I, I get up, I have a ball, it's like purpose for me. I just feel like I'm doing something right. Well, you're so good at it too. Well, thanks, yeah. man. I, I just, I just, I love, I, for some reason, I have such bad ADD that when I put the headphones on, like I'm not saying, but when I'm interviewing someone, I, for some reason, I wish I would have done this in high school, just wear headphones all fucking day, <laughs> but I zone in and I'm, I'm really listening and I go down these, these little like dips and wormholes of like people talking about their relationships or their uh, infidelity or adversity or anxiety or depression. And like these celebrities open up. I just I had a cry with Jamie Lynn Sigler. One guy had an anxiety attack on the podcast. Stephen Amell, he's oh, Arrow. Yeah. So it went everywhere and he was like, I want you to keep it. I want to come back and talk about it. So, you know, I don't talk about like it's it's really just like, well, how do you deal with that? Was your dad a dick? Oh, yeah, I can relate. But and we just. And it, I just love it. You never know where it's going to go. Do you have a like base map of things you like when you had Macaulay Culkin on? Like, did you have kind of like a, a beat sheet of things you want to ask him? I always read things. Right. And I go, OK, well, this is the this is Macaulay Culkin. And he did Home Alone. OK, you're a dumbass. Of course, you did Home Alone. And then you start going down these things. And, you, and I read it once or twice, maybe once. Yeah. And then it never goes to any of that. And somehow I recall I can't learn lines always that great. But I can always remember like, oh, by the way, you, and then you went to Michigan. Right. And they're like. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I sound like I know what the fuck I'm talking That's about. That's great. But then we go down these wormholes where I just start going, I mean, I don't know how you do it. You're like, you're famous and you're young. It's like, I'm fucked up and I, I didn't get famous. I'm not even famous yet. You know? And all of a sudden I can't, I, I gotta, I mean, I just gotta throw it out. I yeah. mean, you know, people watch, you know, people talk about Michael Jackson. We, and then all of a sudden he just opens up. He's like, yeah, dude, it was, uh, and he just, I think if you don't. Michael Jackson stories? Yeah. He goes, if you don't, um, I think if you don't, interrogate people usually and the let them bring it like so did michael jackson touch you yeah. you know it's like immediately that's why i never understand the the media when they're like following someone who's walking to their car like what are you expecting to get out of that you what, think you're gonna get a don't big, trust you a big story chasing someone and harassing that's exactly them right it's, i i, I just insane. feel i feel like get to know them Get them if it happens and it's natural. And I'm kind of an idiot anyway, so I'm like a dude, like you said. I really just kind of go, oh, and, and that never, because people, of course, they're going to think that shit. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, and then it'll just, it just, it's conversation. I didn't think it was a big deal. And then all of a sudden it goes viral, and I'm like, oh. Oh, about McCully. Now, for me and like maybe people listening that don't know the podcast, what's the name of the podcast? It's, oh, yeah, thank you. It's uh, called Inside, Inside of You with yeah. Michael Rosenbaum. And next week, when does it air? Uh, next week. Well, we air next week. Uh, so this the Monday, the uh, the uh, and we're one. Tuesday. Yeah, you listened to about last night. Listen inside of you, Michael. Wow. So we're uh, we're starting video. So we're doing the video thing Good now for you, and that starts um, next week. So we got some great guys. So now you can truly be inside of. Is there a focus podcast. on the podcast, or is it just uh, like an interview podcast? Or do you guys have like a you now some have like a focus like. It's really just a candid, open conversation. It's not yeah. like you know about what are you doing now. So let's talk about your project. Right. It's more about where you been how you got there yeah. and like all the little and sometimes you go down like i said these little on tangents yeah and that's when it get, becomes really the rabbit holes are my favorite part you know what i'm saying um that's exactly right i i, I when that happens when it's third i go wow rain wilson was on he goes went to my high school that was a great app by the way oh, i love him yeah. he just goes we haven't even talked about the office and i go shit do you want to he goes like no that's great this is great but he talked about a little bit how he, you know, he thought he was like, and people thought, you know, I was an asshole. I think I was an asshole at that time. But I, I mean, if you ask the crew, I wasn't an asshole. But he was just so open and talked about, like, he walks in my house, and that's when things really start. I, we don't like to talk in the beginning because you want to save it, right? Yes. But the first thing, but also, said, I, I think there is some value in getting a little bit of off my some rapport, rapport, right? Right. Yeah. Because he, the first thing he says is like, uh, my, uh, you know, we just buried my dog yesterday, and I go. So in the mic, when we started rolling, I go, all right, I can't even stop thinking about this. Why are you here? You just buries your dog. Yeah. And that just opens it up. And then like how you deal with death and like people want to keep their animals alive for so long. And it's kind of cruel. It's like, I know you love them, but if you love them, they can't suffer. You got it. You know, and all these, and it got, it got pretty deep. And, and I like that. I like when, you know, Crispin Glover from Back to the Future. Yeah, dude. Who like won't talk about, but he, uh, he opened up. He opened up. He man. went back in time. Yeah, he was really, you know, and, and he was, I, I was nervous. Sometimes I get nervous because I don't know Crispin. He comes to the door and I'm like, hey, and he's wearing a suit. And it's fucking Crispin Glover. I saw him wearing a suit at the 99 cent store in Silver Lake. It was very alarming. <laughs> <laughs> I no one should did. ever be wearing a suit at the 99 cent store. Unless you work there. Yes. Yeah. Well, wait. What? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you own it, yeah. <laughs> and you're walking in to impress a girl. Yeah. <laughs> or that Remember guy. stop up by my work real quick. Yeah. Or the guy from the discount uh, men's warehouse thing was like, you're going to like the way you look. You're like, oh, you do that in public too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where is that guy right now? George Zimmer. Man. That's his name? George Zimmer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. his name? No, that's the guy who no, shot. No, George Zimmer is the guy. <laughs> no, that's, that's, 
No, it's something. It's Hans Zimmer. Zimmer. Hans, Hans Zimmer is a, a composer. Yes, composer. Yeah. He did the music for. By the way, you were say you you asked me. By the way, you were talking about like if I ever get nervous or choked up or what do I do with a? Yes. That was how this whole sort yes. of th this thing started. And I and I'm I'm telling you, it does. You know, Jason Momoa, who I I know from years ago. You know, from Aquaman. What? Well, not from Aquaman, but I knew him from. I don't know his ex girlfriend from twenty years ago. We always we all used to hang. I was doing this show called Zoe Duncan Jack and Jane. It lasted like no time at all, but he was cool and he hung out with Tom Arnold and yep. shit. And he was just a good dude. And uh, and I you know Jason's in fact Jason he and I thought this was a good intro because when I, I adopted a dog Humane Society in, in Salt Lake City and I was leaving and I could for some reason and my friend Trisha and Jason carried the freaking dog on the plane and took her back to LA worked it out with my, my assistant Jess to give the dog because I had to go to Phoenix but I wanted this dog that I saw at this Humane Society oh that was at the con this convention so I was like all right by the way I that sounds like the music video for the song called I Rescued a Dog in Salt Lake City if you ever want to become a country singer Hey man, and this became your dog. Well, that became my dog, one of my dogs, and that's incredible. And then I saw Jason at the next. I gave him a hug. I said, like, "You're awesome." And I go, "Do you got to go to the podcast?" He goes, "Rosie, I love you, man. I just don't do podcasts, man." Fuck that. I go, "What?" Don't take that answer. I'm I'm working on it. Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Man, it's good to be back. And you know what? The best part about being back is sharing the goodies with you, the fans. I love candles, okay? You know from listening to this podcast, we've always had candles living around the apartment and now my new place. And um, I'm tired of buying the bullshit candles from the store. I want some personal touch. I want something handmade. So that's why I found Hangover Candle Company. That's right. Homemade by a bartender in Fort Collins, Colorado. He's a big comedy fan, podcast fan, reached out, said, I love the pod, would love to some, send you some candles. I'm like, I'm not comfy giving you my address. He's like, come on, trust me. I was like, all right, let's roll the dice. Boom. Now I've got fucking 40 different flavors of Hangover Candle Company candles in my place. Um, they're cut, sanded, poured, packed, and shipped all by him. Um, and you can choose from over 200 different containers, okay, to build your candle in. And over 40 different scents to create your own uh, smell. You can customize your own scents. Shit, man, they've got flavors like uh, fucking root beer, apple pie, cinnamon stick, coffee, fresh cut grass, uh, hazelnut, lavender, leather, maple syrup, peach, pine, sandalwood, spearmint, sea breeze, vanilla bean, watermelon. Go to Hangover Candle Co. Uh, on Etsy, okay? Go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co. It'll pop up the shop and then pick your candles, and then use the promo code ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. 25%. Hangover Candle Co. is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, but again, go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co., find the candles and the smells you want, create your own, and then use ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. I love candles. They're great for any occasions, bar mitzvahs, circumcisions, uh, fucking weddings, funerals, gender reveal parties, uh, divorce parties, uh, coming out parties, coming in parties, coming parties. These candles are the shit, and they're my fave, and I want you guys to have them. So type in Etsy.com, and then type in Hangover Candle Co., and, uh, and pick your candles and use ALN25 at checkout for 25% off. All right? Start smelling better. Start looking better. Start feeling better, okay? Because everybody farts, and candles are a great way to get rid of that. And now back to the episode. It's the first time in my life having a podcast, it's fucking hard because I book all my guests. Yeah. I'm sure you book yeah. all your guests. Yeah. So I have to just 
hey seth green hey dax hey will you come he's like dude i just came on your show i know man hey, bobby lee hey uh yeah, yeah. you know and so you're always that's that balance between being proactive and being like a nuisance and i'm not i just just say hey I, look here's the thing i like to show, sort of say this is i'm just i'm not doing a little one that no one knows about it's like you know we have listeners it's a professional yeah. we got this many f- listeners here's the show here's who's been on you got fucking Corey just so that- on Corey Feldman, that was that. How was, quick that was did intense. you ask him about? I don't know, dude. St- uh, Stand by me, Goonies, Gremlin. Like, nin- did you ask any Ninja Turtles questions, dude? I you know he's the voice you know, of. Was, uh, he was very. Yeah, he was. I went, He was just too specific. He he was great. He uh, what's funny was his his wife. I think it was his wife at the time or fiance. Angels. Yep, he rolls around one of the Corey's angels. She she was great, but I remember. I'm sitting there, and I she comes in the room, and I go, "Hey, well, you well, you could sit with him if you want." Kidding around because you know, you know, and she's like, "Sure." Corey's like, "Yeah." So next thing, I'm interviewing both of them. Whoa! And I go, you know, and I, I don't. It was just difficult because they support each other so much. So I'm trying to get inside Corey here, and we're talking about this, and there was there was some deflecting. Like, come on, tell me about this. Was it fun? Tell me about where I did Sean Aston. I interviewed him about yeah. Goonies and all that. Yeah. Dude opened up like yeah, ridiculous about how he blew his audition with Spielberg. And it was the most intense thing where he couldn't get it right. And Spielberg just got up out of the room and walked out in his in his director's like whatever. Walked Dude. out and he's like, I'm fucked. And somehow he but he got the role. His personality enough was enough yeah. that Spielberg said if he got it. Spielberg walked out on my audition, that'd probably be a wrap on my career. I'd probably move back home. Right? Like, isn't that such a, I mean, you obviously hope that you don't, uh, you know, get your things in order enough to move back. And in that time you get the call, they're like, he actually loved you. Have you had, you've been, you've done so much cool shit. Uh, was your, um, your Smallville audition, was it, uh, was it so fucking lengthy and like. Dude, that's, that's a story. By the way, I've had some auditions where I'm sitting on the floor with Tom Hanks for uh, a band of brothers. I went and tested twice for it, and I'm sitting. Goes, come on, let's go, man. Let's do it again. Do what you did. This is a mix and match. This is age thing. This is like you're great, and he's so cool, and he's like reading lines with me. And I'm more Tom Hanks. He goes, all right. He's like, yeah, take that back again. All right, let's, you want to do it again? What do you want to do? Do whatever you want. And I'm like, going, oh my god, this is the the nicest guy in the world. And uh, Kevin Costner, moments like that where I remember I auditioned Whoa. for the Postman the movie didn't do that great, but I was like with Kevin Costner, and I was like, so I've had these memorable fucking great moments, the things that I didn't get, which is fine. But Smallville is one of those things where when I heard about it, I, I just didn't care. And the best thing about that is when you don't care, you don't have a lot of fear. Truly. And you don't think about shit too much. So they're like, hey, they want to issue for Smallville. I go, Smallville? Hey, it sounds like <laughs> inside of Adam's pants. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're telling me to do here. Smallville. Uh, let's cut the cameras off. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I was like, I don't want to do this. So finally, I get in there. and I Well, first they say, well, 700 other guys have auditioned for this. Why would they tell you that? So I email my agent. I go, I'm a cocky little fuck. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I was 26. Who isn't? Email the casting director and ask her what 700 other guys didn't do right. And then he did. And he goes, uh, they want you to be this, this, and this. They want you to be charismatic, da- dangerous, charismatic, dangerous, and uh, f- funny or whatever. I don't know. Sure. So I go, I, they gave me three pages of dialogue. Three Three pages. I'm fencing with Tom, with Clark Kenner. He comes in the room, Clark. And I, I remember, I go, dangerous right here. Circled it. This moment, danger. This moment, charismatic. Come on, buddy. This is great. This moment, uh, this is going to be, the, yeah, and you're likable. And you're like, 
you just put those little moments there. And I, that's how I did it. I, I wish I had those sides because I circled those places to be those things. And I went in and I did the audition and it was with the casting director and the producer. And I left. It was so good that I actually told the casting director, I go, what's going on? Um, hey. She goes, yes, yeah, so you're going to be sitting here and then you could stand up at this. I go, no, 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 no. I'm standing up the whole time. She goes, what? I go, I, I'm standing up the whole time. I'm, I'm fucking Lex Luthor, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, um, I'm going to need 15 minutes to redo the lighting or redo the, I go, yeah, whatever you need. Yeah, do it. I got it. So, but I didn't care. If I was nervous and I really wanted the role, okay, sure. <laughs> you're Lex Luthor at that point, too. What would he do? I'm Lex Luthor. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> so I, I left the room, went back in, killed it. I'm telling you, I've never had a good audition like that. And do you walk out knowing? Like, I you, always throw the paper away. I'm not one of those actors who go, you know. Um, redo, reread lines to yourself and be like, I should have said it this way. Oh, my God. Or call your agent and go, so? I'm like, dude, don't you think I'd fucking call you if you got a big role like this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. You think I'm going, oh, I can't wait till he calls me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, he calls me like two days later and he goes, Hey, they want you to test for the network and the studio. I go, how about that? That's not going to happen. He's like, what are you talking about? I go, I will never have a good, that's when the fear came in. Yeah. I go, I'll never have a good audition like that. That will never happen again. He goes, even if you do, I go, no, 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 no. You tell them to rewind the tape. And I wasn't being a dick. I just remember it was out of fear. Yeah, but I just like, I, I knew in my heart, you, they saw what was there. They know what you're capable of. Just put your foot down. If they can't rewind a fucking tape and say, that's our guy. And they need a bunch of fucking idiots to sit there and go, you think? You, I don't know. He's not as handsome. He's got a weird bump on the back of his head. Don't let him start judging you. Just be like, I'm great. Watch it or, or look for another 700 actors. And I fucking hung up the phone. I wasn't angry. Fuck you, <laughs> you piece of shit. Living in my like, you know, rental and fucking. Dude, that is bald. And they call me and he's like, you got the role. And I was like, oh. And then of course the fear came in. Then I'm on set and they shave my head for the first time. And I'm like, oh my God, Tom is beautiful and I am not. <laughs> yeah. I am, but you're Lex Luthor. You don't have to be I'm like, it's the WB, CW. You gotta, yeah. when you get on a network with more than two letters, then maybe you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, holy shit, I gotta, I was nervous. I thought for sure. But my head looked pretty good, and then she took the mirror, and I saw that I had that big bump, the occipital ridge, it's called. And that was like, I remember trying to hide it. Why? On, on the set, I was like, oh, yeah, hey, to the DP, I was getting all cool. And I'm like, hey, man, so when I kind of turn around, where's my, you know, where, do you see me here? It's like, oh, yeah, we'll see you for about two seconds. I'm like, oh, fuck, they're going to see that big bone in the back of this Jew's head. And they're going to be like, yep, horns, he's out. <laughs> Can and you imagine I, one of the DPs was like, what's that fucking bump on the back of your head, dude? Dude. Are you Jewish? Uh, and I, I somehow yeah but they I always thought I was where's gonna get your fired. tail where's your tail I'm telling you I thought they were gonna find I'm, I'm telling you I remember one time Tom Welling is so good looking and he and I we, we become really close friends actually over the years where most time you don't yeah we uh, we do these little uh, conventions all over the country we do the, these things called Smallville Nights where we do these readings yeah watch a bunch of these videos people go fucking bonkers dude that fan it's base a is a blast and we have so much fun and we really give them what they want we yeah. like you know, it's like if you ever go to a Smallville Nights out there and you, you want, we, uh, he put, still doing I, them? I put a ball cap on, I make him wear the flannel, but there's no cameras, there's no video allowed. And we read scenes with fans. We like do, we reenact stuff. We talk candidly about everything. It's, it's really, it's really fun. But Tom, one day I'm using his razor by accident and my makeup artist is shaving my head. And I just remember, she's, um, I think that's Tom's razor. And I go, 
I was wondering why I was becoming so beautiful <laughs> using that razor. And then I remember grabbing my, oh my God, you're hideous. <laughs> grabbing my razor back. But it was hard going against all these beautiful people. And I always felt like I was definitely not the least uh, good looking out of everybody, period. Not even a uh, question. How that, that's such an insane thing to put your foot down like that to not go into test because I would say it's insane. I'd be willing to say that like 99% of actors would not 0.9% would not do that. I know I don't, I don't even know now if I have the confidence to, to do that, but you were just so, so was it, you said some was, was fear, but how much of it was like, just, I've done enough at this point and not gotten what I've, have you know wanted more or less so uh. let, i gotta mix it up and maybe take a different approach like was it just like i need to grow some balls and like value what i do more well that's a good question you know, i remember going in for mission to mars again didn't do well but it's brian de palma and i'm going in and he wanted me to test i killed it in the reading i knew I, it was great but i go i have to go in for de palma and i remember it was josh brolin and me and Minnie driver and all these actors and we're there for hours and reading michael i'm gonna mix and match put you here with so-and-so and put you go get lunch guys come back they paid us for the day of, of of testing that's incredible and i remember busting ass thinking i'm gonna get this and then my agent called me a few days later and i go dude how do we have how have we not heard i mean it's like yeah they thought you were a little uh you, you overacted you know i go what i was there for four hours what are you talking about he never gave me any direction he just said yeah let's go there it, you know and all these things, and I was just like baffled. I was like, they got the wrong guy. They, were call they called the wrong fucking yeah. guy. I was so zoned in, and, and I felt like my audition maybe was so great that I was like, maybe I shouldn't have even gone into that fucking thing. Just say, hey, this is my audition. This is how I do it. This is how it worked for Smallville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you can't do that. They, you know, I think you know, most of the time, 99% of the time, when you walk, they say this, when you walk into a room, it's either yes or no immediately. And if it's yes, now let's see if you get it. You walk into the room, Mark. Yeah. If I want an Ed Helms sort of character from The Office, no, Rapids. Or either any Ed Helms role, yeah. and you walk in the room, I either say, yep, or no, and I go, yeah. As a director, I go, yes, let's see if he could act. And if you open your mouth and you're really good, yes, fucking yes, that this guy is in, in this. You walk in, I don't care how good you are. You walk in for an Ed Helms character, I'm going, no. no. Maybe a Jack Black character, maybe a young David Crosby. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know, some musician, cool, fucking little edge, whatever. But that that's the way it is. So when I walk in for a lot of these roles, if they're thinking good looking, like beautiful actor, or, you know, chiseled, that's so now you have to be 10 times better than your looks. So if you're not that great looking, but you go in there and smoke it, and they're like, they, they force them to recognize you. Force them that you are a force to be. You, they've got to use you. Steve Buscemi. I, Buscemi. Must so, go through that a lot. Yeah, but he gets quirky roles. But I know. but he gets. I mean, I think it just depends. But it it's dude, it's it's hard. It's I mean, actors. People don't understand how hard it is. I remember Tarantino though said something really great. He was in, being interviewed. I don't know why it stuck with me. It was with um, uh, from Dust Till Dawn. It was with George Clooney years ago. It was on TV. You know. Before he gets pause it, and yeah, shit. And I looked at, I, you know, I was watching it, and he goes, um, "Can you, um, um, can you guys just zoom, zoom the camera in here? I just, I'd like, I want to. Can you zoom the, you know?" And Tarantino looks in the camera and goes, "This is for all you actors. You have no idea how much, how much. This is your room. This is your time 
don't worry about any of these fuckers in this room pretty much saying like this do what you want to do just don't give a shit about anybody else no matter what i mean the way he said it i just remember going that's the key if you go in there and you're thinking about oh my god i want them to like me they've got to like me and you're not thinking about the work and they like what you got to do they see through it yeah there's only only so much you can fake and i have faked some shit i've been awful i have gone to auditions where i remember John Papsodera cast me in Sorority Boys. Nice. He cast me in Pool Hall Junkies. Cast me in Urban Legend. Wow! And he he brought me in for this um this movie with uh, Liam Neeson. I love Liam Neeson, by the way. But I w- I wasn't fucking prepared, and I went in anyway because I postponed it. How so? Like I just didn't know my lines, man. I didn't take the time to know my lines the way I should have. And I walked in and we did a take, and I go fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, let me start over, Johnny, because I he's my buddy. Yeah, yeah work it out. After like the third try of not being able to get through it, I stopped and I go, I'm fucking awful. And he laughs. He goes, Rosie, no, I go, John, I've known you for a long time. I've killed it with you. Don't bullshit. This is brutal. I'm terrible. I'm a subpar actor right now. I don't deserve to be in this room, man. I love you, dude. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'll work on it. Did you say, show him the tape? For my audition from Sorority Boys, Show and then call me. <laughs> if they the can't line. tell from that. That's the punchline. That's so. Funny. Uh, you know what, man? I should have. Because you imagine, John, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This, is small, this is a Smallville tape from. Oh, that didn't happen. Or, uh, oh yeah, no, that was yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do, is there something that you feel like you learn to get that sort of uh, chutzpah at chutzpah. this stage? Um, because I know that you auditioned for, I think it was an MTV show back in the day. Didn't get it, but from that, they gave you your own show, right? Yeah, Is well, story- sort of. No, I actually got it. So it was with Jackson Brown's son, Ethan Brown, and Leslie Bibb, okay. who's a good actress. Yeah. And uh, I was really, I was nobody. I was um, I, had, I was doing voiceover work and doing off-off way, the, like New Jersey Broadway. What's and New Jersey? It's off-off just not, it's not Broadway. It's when they say off Broadway, it's not. It's not even off Broadway. It's not it's Broadway. colonoscopy, the musical. Yeah, <laughs> I was doing Dracula at the Grocery Playhouse, getting paid seventy five bucks a week. It was something. Yeah, but I'm a working actor. Yep, my agent. I was rollerblading to work at a telemarketing job. I swear to God. And I worked with this woman who <laughs> that was sounds off- like the beginning of the worst gay porn ever. Dude, I saved fifty cents or whatever it was to. I I, I live with four guys in a one bedroom apartment. Dave lived on the top bunk. Matt on the bottom. I was on a futon mattress that curled up or into the the, the bunk bed. Oh and every day God. I'd say, at night we'd all be in bed like a fucking bad sitcom. I go, Dave. He's like, Yeah, I did. And I go, I know you wake up early earlier than I do. Can you please not land on my feet? He's like, No way, dude. We laugh and then we go to sleep. And of course, dude, yeah. I'm always fearing him jumping on my legs and breaking them in the middle. Yeah, dude. So we lived in this place. I tell him, Mark, I remember this woman. Lorraine, she was the kind of woman, my boss at Telemark. It was like, Emergency Skills Incorporated. Do you know that the average heart attack is within five minutes? And if your personnel isn't trained in, hello? Hello? And I would do this all fucking day. People, to the point where people would answer. The, I would answer, emergency, fuck. Hey, John. You know, so I remember, and this woman would do this thing where, you be me. I want you to say, say something like, Lorraine, hey, um, I have to take off next Friday. And Lorraine, keep asking me. Lorraine, so uh-huh, look, uh, uh-huh, next, mm-hmm, next Friday is mm-hmm, tough for me mm-hmm, to come mm-hmm, in. I've got mm-hmm, some uh, mm-hmm, some engagements mm-hmm, in my life that mm-hmm, I need to mm-hmm, attend to. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, just, I've 
mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. prioritize. Mm-hmm. She, I don't know why she did that. <laughs> From the second I started talking, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I couldn't question her about it. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. <laughs> it just freaked me the fuck out. Did she have agreeing Tourette's? <laughs> I don't know, man. But she, uh, but it saved me. That job saved me. But I was doing that, and then Are I got good at it. Uh, I was good. I was one yeah. of her better ones. And then I ended up getting Dave the job. So he had to wake up later than I did, which yeah. thank God for the legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember they called me and they go, hey, you have an audition for MTV's trying to sitcom. And I go, okay. So I remember I walked in. I had long hair at the time and I had a gasoline shirt. You know, something you'd wear that, right? Oh, yeah, I have it. And I, I had a bag of Doritos. I have yours. I, you have my- <laughs> I, I stole it from Planet Hollywood. <laughs> I had a bag of Doritos. And I just ate Doritos during the interview and audition. So I'm like, hey, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. I was supposed to play the stoner. And this casting director, Amanda Schatz, they called my agent and go, you got it. Was it for Undressed? No, it was was called Talk Girl. Talk Girl. And I was the stoner cameraman who just had, you know, 15, 20 lines. By the end of it, for some reason, they loved me. They just kept adding, adding. They didn't pick up the show. They get, I got my own show. Right. That the president of Comedy Central now, Ken Alterman, yeah. produced with Louis Thoreau, who did TV Nation. They produced this show of me. It was, I'm, I'm telling you, it, was, it didn't get picked up, but it tested through the roof. It was ahead of its time. It was called Working Stiff. It was about a guy who just takes over someone's, it was a reality show, a guy who takes over someone's job. I was a, a cat on cheer in, uh, I saw that in cats in the, on Broadway, on Broadway. I performed not as a joke. I performed and they, the, the, uh, choreographer, I worked with her for six hours. I learned this fucking dance. The rum tum tugger. And I'm like, and, <laughs> and the director, they, 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 I'm saying I'm doing this all these things. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just gonna ask how much Dude, of this. I have it. I have it somewhere. I, I swear to God, I gotta post that. Wait, but so, d- how much? Uh, obviously, your theater uh, background plays a, a part in this. But are you like, had you seen the musical, or did you just? I had jump never in? seen it. I was just like, you want to be funny, but the funny came out of me really being serious. Kent sort of had to just tone me down. Like, hey, let's just let this thing go. So when they're putting the thing on me, they put the mask on me, and I go, it's very subtle. It's like, you know, what? I feel like I feel like a cat now. I feel like a fucking cat. I don't know what happened when they put this on me. I feel like a fucking cat. But it was real. I was like, I teared up. I was like going for it. And you could see, so you see, they film me on, on stage. And the director comes up to me before the show and goes, Hey, I know what they're doing. I know what's going on. Wait, he didn't know? No, he knew. But thanks for the coffee. It's beautiful. Thank you. He goes, You cannot fuck this up. Don't try to be funny. Don't try to mess up the show. This is very serious. Do not fuck around. A lot of lives are at stake. People have worked very hard. Dude, I was like, holy shit, man. What if you just went, no problem. (laughs) Could you imagine if there's memories on my... (laughs) 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 Oh, the box. (laughs) Dude. And Dave, like, it was just like one of those things that was... uh, it was just memorable. I, I, you know, I remember they didn't pick it up and they offered me to be a VJ. And I remember having a conversation. I had no money. Dude, come I was on. I was the broke as shit. VJ. Broke as shit. What? Dude, Polly Shore, the original VJ. You got to honor my memory, bro. Polly, any advice for Mike that he uh, could have used back in the day? And yeah, v- dude, fucking be a VJ. Yeah, but, but like any advice. <laughs> and then be a big movie star like I was. Like and any, then, and the then, name. you know, like if he's going to spring break uh, in Cabo to be a VJ, what's like the two things he should pack? Do you pack Magnum condoms <laughs> and um, sunscreen so you don't get sunburnt on your dick. 
Do you know I went, I have filmed, I had somebody tape it on spring break. Polly was there. And I, I what I, year? It, <laughs> it was 1991. Did Daytona I Beach. Yeah, <laughs> And I went and I got up to the stage and he's like, yeah, we're here at MTV. And I'm right here, my face, and I have it on film of me going, yeah, with Pauly Shore. I was on top of the world. I'm like, dude, I'm, I made it. I'm on TV. Oh, yeah. I Millions really, of people saw that. He was huge. And dude, but when they offered that VJ part, I had to really have a serious conversation. I go, man, I've studied acting. I want to be an actor. I don't have any money, dude. And I don't know if I'm if they're gonna ever take me seriously if, if I'm a VJ. I just thought that occurred to me. And he goes, do you want to be a VJ? And I go, well, I think I'd be great. I think it'd be fun, but, and it came down to it. It was And it was a lot of money, it was like $70,000. To me, that was Fuck yeah. everything in 1996 for a year. So like 70,000 70, maybe, or something like that. Dude, they're love balling you. <laughs> <laughs> I said no, I said no thanks. And I remember going, fuck man. That would have been maybe the best thing I ever did with my life. And thank God things happened. But you never you thought that was going to get away. You never know what's going to happen. And yeah. by the way, VJs have gone on to do things. Simon Rex has a career. He's done you know, yeah. well for himself. But so. I, you're, you're not wrong to think that, like, I don't know, you go into some, you know, big uh, casting offices that see that, that maybe do just put their foot down and judge, right? And be like, oh, you were spring break. I don't know if we can put you on CSI yeah. Detroit, you know? And what do you really make? You're not going to have these huge contracts unless no. you're like a Pauly Shore. He probably made a lot of money. Yeah. Dave but, Cortez has a taco truck. <laughs> does really? no, does I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, one of the other things you got to do was be a zookeeper right on the show? A zookeeper. I was a queen zookeeper for the day. So I got Dude. to really go backstage and like feed these animals and go in. So it was it was kind of nerve-wracking, man, because I feel like I was getting attacked by ducks. Like yeah. Crazy ducks and uh <laughs> did you have bread in your pockets <laughs> uh, i think so they put a whole bunch of shit but it's it's quirky it was fun i mean like i said i mean it was but if that would have got picked up then you know you're i think everything happens for a reason i know it sounds stupid and cliche but it does it like Do i would have ended up a being a vj maybe having a show on mtv who knows maybe end up just quitting and teaching an acting class and like uh uncurable syphilis sequel what <laughs> i said uncurable syphilis yeah, maybe god damn <laughs> that would suck <laughs> yeah yeah but uh you know it all happens for a reason do you think that everything happens for a reason mentality takes a minute though to uh possess because i feel like obviously for the first handful of years you can't justify why things aren't going your way so to step back and have that healthy overall like big picture like you know what i wasn't supposed to like for me it was like you know coming out of college being like all right cool i didn't get american pie four i'm supposed to be playing wolverine at universal studios hollywood this is my path but i did yeah. not have that outlook it was like fuck this fuck that i have to have john stamos mock me while i while i try to make Dude, small talk with his nephew comparing is the worst thing and we all do it. and how many for a few years until you start getting over and i've been through it like i'm better than that what the fuck I'm, you know and like you start, it's ugly, right? It's just like, hey, that person's doing that. Great for them. It's a hard business. Hey, man, all your best. Hey, guys, it's Adam Ray taking a quick break from the podcast to tell you about BetterHelp. Now, look, life is full of ups and downs. There's always something that can get in the way of our happiness, and you need some way to talk to, right? I know for me, my own issues in life, uh, whether it's career-oriented, family drama, having somebody to talk to helps, and I don't feel like burdening friends uh, or significant others with that info, okay? You need somebody with a neutral playing field and someone with a clean slate to come in and listen to what's going on with you. And that's what BetterHelp is for. 
I've used them. They're phenomenal. What they are, okay, is um, is a online counseling resource, okay? Video chatting, texting. <clears throat> it's basically connecting with a professional counselor. Um, again, somebody that uh, is unbiased and coming in uh, that is a, uh, a professional to help guide you with whatever's going on in your life. Uh, privately online, okay, so it's convenient. You can do it at your own schedule, all right, at your, out of your own home, which is great. A lot of these places, you know, you need to go somewhere. It, it takes time out of your day. Maybe it's too far away to go to where you really want to get to. This is out of the comfort of your own home. Uh, you can schedule a video or phone session plus chat and text with your therapist uh, who are all licensed and specialized in things like depression, stress, uh, anger, uh, LGBT matters, grief, relationships, sleeping, trauma, uh, anxiety, uh, family conflicts. I know I've dealt with a lot of that in the last few years. Anything you share with them is confidential. Uh, it truly is uh a pretty phenomenal uh, resource that they've created. And these counselors, um, there's over 3,000 uh, U.S. licensed therapists uh, across all 50 states. And uh, four communication modes, again, text, chat, phone, and video. <clears throat> and if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, um, request a new one. No additional charge. Because it's all about finding somebody that relates to you, that you feel comfortable with, uh, sharing the info that uh, you'd like to get some help on. Uh, it's available on desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps, schedule your video and phone sessions, generally a week out, um, which is, you know, great. I think that's enough time for everybody to get their shit in order. Uh, and there's a broad expertise in the network, which um, may not be locally available in many areas. Financial aid is available for those who qualify, which is huge. Uh, again, it's secure, convenient, professional, and, um, and affordable, uh, which is kind of the biggest thing. A lot of people can't scrounge together the, uh, the, the coin to, to get, even get this type of help, but it's super affordable. And best of all, right now, ALN listeners, that's right, you guys, if you need help, you need somebody to talk to in any of those areas I mentioned, depressed, stress, sleeping, trauma, family, uh, anxiety, um, go to betterhelp.com slash about last night uh, and simply fill out a question there and uh, you can get 10% off uh, your, uh, your order. That's, that's huge. Betterhelp.com slash about last night. <clears throat> Fill out the questionnaire that helps them assess what kind of help you need and what kind of counselor you're going to love and, uh, and start getting the help that, uh, that we all deserve. That's betterhelp.com slash about last night to get 10% off your first order um, and start connecting and living better, you know, because that's what it's all about. All right. Back to the episode. What I've learned, it's taken me a long time, is not that I'm not grateful, but now I'm really learning to be grateful. Like I'm telling you, I know it's a serious thing on the show here, but dude, I was at the Ronald McDonald house. I do the Ronald McDonald house like every other Tuesday I go. Um, and Theo Vaughn does it with me sometimes oh, nice. too. And, and uh, so I, I was there last night and I bought all these pizzas for all these families. And I, I bring movies and popcorn and, and for three hours, fuck you. These kids have leukemia and they're going, this one kid has like, I mean, last night was, a, dude, I was an emotional mess. And you have to keep it in, right? And I met this kid, and he's just so cool. He's 14. I'm like, oh, thinking he has a brother that's at the, you know, going through some. He's like, no, I'm having surgery at 5:45 tomorrow. I'm like, what? And he's on. He's a, a cheerleader, like on the, you know that show, the Cheer, yeah, which I love. And we start talking. I go, you're having surgery. He's like, yeah, I, I have cancer. And I go, oh, well, it's curable cancer. He's like, his mom's like, no, it's terminal. This is his seventh surgery. They've got to cut from here all the way to the back of his, you know, and um, remove something. And this kid is so just Positive. can't wait to go back to cheerleading. And, and he's on the show Cheer? 
No, he's not on that show. Oh, he God, loves he, it, but okay, he has, okay, he's, he, you know, that's, he, he's doing things like that. And I, dude, I, I gave him my phone number and I gave his mom my phone number and I'm like, I'm calling you tomorrow. And we took pictures and we're following each other. And I'm like, I, I, you, you call me when you need me. I'm serious. Like I would stop anything. I'm going to see if you text me now. I'll leave your fucking podcast. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I just go, it just, again, it's one of those things that hit you like a brick, man. It hit me like a brick. I went to my car. I could not stop crying. I was like, I was like the exorcist. Like, take me, take, come into me, give this kid life. But it, I swear it was visceral, and it was like, this is why every day, I don't give a shit if you're working, you're not working, you're alive, you're healthy, fucking, and we just take it for granted, and it's moments like these that we go, oh, okay, and then the next day you're back to like, okay, and you kind of forget about that, even though it's there. And then yeah, you, you get back to the grind, and but if you could just go, hey, I'm in a studio with my friends, fucking bullshitting and laughing he just did a good poly shore and this guy's a smart ass and he hadn't yeah. said three words yeah. well Adam you know it's like <laughs> i know that's what i know nate's actually a huge fan so he's trying not i love trying nate. to keep his dick in his pants right now while you're here yeah but it's like it, it is if you just go hey i'm right here this is this is where we are right now it's hard to do that unfortunately but. it does take i mean god dude like i had probably you know uh the most amount of people in my life die this year ever that like were very like close and and it's like unfortunately it's like those types of things and i'm always speaking for myself are what it takes to to give you that or being around it and and helping people mm -hmm. to really gain that perspective that i think everybody struggles to uh to have on a daily basis to where you can just appreciate yeah. i mean even with kobe it's like that that already I feel like is on its way out as far as the impact that it had, like already the people that I have had really lengthy conversations about it with for like days on end are already starting to subside and, and, and it can already feel like they're getting back into their, their ebb and, ebbs and flows and, and allowing the things that do kind of perturb them to happen again. And it's like, oh man, and it's trying to be aware of that so that you can be like, and you don't want to have to be like, dude, fucking, at least you're fucking alive. Like, in, yeah. how do you keep yourself in a constant state of like gracefulness? Yes, but you also don't want to be like ten years from now. It's like Kobe. No, you know what I mean. It's like yeah, it's weird because you want to honor people's memory, but it's weird to be like Kobe is like, dude, that was eleven years ago. But That's I think it's but, but you're Kobe. right. I think it's what it is is just saying. I think the key is if you just wrote a note to yourself and go five hundred million dollars, superstar, best athlete, family man. Uh, giving back, paying it forward. Everybody loves this guy. Look at 40 whatever years old. Gone. It doesn't matter who you are. If you could just remember that today, today is the day. If you could just somehow, I put notes around my fucking house like a lunatic. I have notes when I walk down the stairs. I have a note that says, stop, fucker, breathe. And I'll go down the stairs and it'll be in my head and I go, I walk wow. back up the stairs. I go, what's that important? You can't go just take a deep breath and go, all right, man. Nothing's that important. Who gives a shit? So I'm late to something or I don't get something or I don't. If you could just start incorporating that in your brain, those little things, those little notes around there. It's an emotional scavenger hunt. You're in your head. Walk the dogs. I am in my head. I'm going to walk the dogs. I have fucking notes. So you know yourself so well that you're putting these notes around. Yeah. Uh, have you taken a shit today? I haven't. I'm going to go shit. <laughs> Fruity Pebbles are better than Cocoa Pebbles. You're right, me. <laughs> Why the fuck did I buy those last week? But, but you could do it in a fun way where you ju it's just even a timer. It's just it's a little it's little things that I think that help.
It just takes you out of your I've been head. trying the I love you in the mirror thing. Oh, I go, oh, tell me about that, Paulie. Dude, so every, no. every day I look at myself in the mirror and I say, what's up, buddy? I love you. <laughs> and what happens? And it's like, you know, the whole world has to be what? Contagious to that. Yeah. Paulie, right. Paul, you got some of the best legs in Hollywood. How'd you get those? Remember Paulie had like jacked ass legs? Oh, Do you beautiful, that? <laughs> beautiful legs. I remember beautiful that. Pipes. Yeah, yeah beautiful. dude. It's, beautiful. Fr- it's from having sex with a lot of little babes. <laughs> That's good for your legs? It, it's, yeah, it's a, lo- it's a lot of uh, <coughs> lower body work and some core. <clears throat> Some common core. I do math too, dude. The, the the love you thing is really hard because I was told by a therapist, I want you to do this. It's like, really hard, dude. So he goes, "What do you do when you wake up?" I told this story. I go, "What do I do?" I have anxiety. He's like, "All right, well, what do you do about it?" I go, "Well, I sit there, and I try to wait till my anxiety goes away, and does it? No." So what do you do? I lie. Get the fuck out of bed. <laughs> get up immediately unless you're going back to bed. Get out of bed immediately. Drink 10 swallows of lemon water. Go take a walk. Go back. Meditate. All the things that took me years and I'm still working on. I want you to go in the fucking bathroom. Go take a piss. And on your way, stop and look yourself in the mirror and just go, I love you. I want you to learn to love yourself. And I go, come on. I remember the first week of doing this. It is, it is, it's, it's laughable. If someone was filming me, I, in front of my own self, I'm, I'm the only person in the room. I was too cool for myself. Yep. I look in the mirror and I'm like, love you, dude. Wow. Yeah. To yourself. Like, so hey, cool. dude, I love you. Like, hey. uh, right? No like, homo, hey. dude. I ain't trying to fuck me. Right, right. Like, like, look. I'm cool. Yeah, you're cool, man. I love you, man. Yeah, yeah. And then I said, you know, if one day, I think one day, I don't remember what happened, but it was more like, you're a good dude. You're a solid dude, man. You fuck up constantly. You're an idiot, but I love you. I love you because you're trying to be a better person. You're trying to do the right thing. I love you for that. Keep doing it. And that was all right. Complete shift after that. Complete shift, man. You got to learn. And it's like, dude, even on my podcast, I talk. I ask that question sometimes. Sometimes. I asked Nick Swartzen, our buddy. He's like, oh, come on. You being all fucking wellness center on me now? You know, because we were kidding around. Because we, we both went to wellness centers. And uh but he's like, you know, he, he answers, Jennifer Love you. It was like, no, I don't think I, I go, what? Your middle name's Love. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, you know, my, you got a leg up. I, you'd be surprised. It's hard to, I think we ignore it. We're like, we're distracted. Keep busy, keep busy, keep, keep busy. I really don't like myself, but if I keep busy, I won't even have to deal with myself. But sooner or later, like all these p- actors that work constantly, these people that are workaholics, I can't imagine that they love themselves like they want to if they're not ever just taking a fucking break. Why are they working so much? I don't like to work that much. Mm-mm. I don't know what it is. I like. I mean, this is all I'm doing for the rest of the year. I mean, yeah, the I, show, dude. Want to hear right now? Want to hear a name uh, drop? I'm going to Egypt tomorrow. What's that? Are you really? No, I wish oh. I was. But now that I said I it, I put it out that. there in the universe. That's going to be my note next to my fridge. Here's a name drop for you. Ready for a name drop? Well, let me guess. Biggest one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. What do you think of? Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> First thing that comes to my mind. By the way, I, I'm trying to get her on my pod. I love her. Yeah, oh, yeah. Still, uh, still kicking. Xanadu. There's a weird my, my. thing that her and John Travolta are doing a lot of recreating of Greece lately. Well, they, they, they did a car thing a few years ago, yeah. I, He's I, been I, posting I a lot of it on his Instagram. There's also a sidebar. There's a lot of buzz about Michelle Pfeiffer doing a lot of Grease 2 
uh, <laughs> That's not reboot true. stuff. It is. It is. Outside of the Quiznos on um, <laughs> fucking uh, Santa Monica and and Van I want Ness. a cool rider. I want to see O O L. Is that from Grease too? Grease too. And there was also reproduction. Reproduction. Remember that? <laughs> Where does the pollen go? You don't remember that? No. Fuck you. Is that, is that Planned Parenthood three? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I love. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, so so. Uh, what I say? <laughs> Grease two. Spermicidal Lou. <laughs> yeah. you, watch Grease two again. Get get high. Biggest biggest Hollywood name you said. Uh, yeah. All right. Your guess was Olivia Newton John. Yeah. Nate. God's a good one. God's a great one, actually. Yeah. Uh, Mark. Peter Griffin. Peter Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yo, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. I think you got it. Tom Cruise. No, I can feel it in his head. I mean, dude, I don't I know, feel man. It. It's think it. Feel I got. It. I got two in my head. I can I got, feel it. Go I, the one you got. The Rock. No. Drop it. Vin Diesel. No. Beyonce. Vin Diesel. Uh, Vin give, us a, give us a hint. Give us Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Okay. I said so, Tom Cruise. I feel like I was close. Are you in the pussy posse? <laughs> what? Are you in the pussy posse? No. Is that pussy posse no, but I, I got to hang out a lot with Leo back in the day, and like oh. he's come to my house and play uh, Nintendo games. I did a pilot with one of his buddies. The and Leo, that. Mike Young, Connolly. Uh, yeah, the Connolly. Yeah, but but just and by the way, Leo's like the greatest guy ever. I I always thought, man, this guy's the sweetest, nicest guy. Even when he was young and being an idiot, yeah, we had so much fun. The guy was great. But um, I saw him probably a year ago on the beach at a, a, a mutual friend's 4th of July party. Nice. Another place I didn't feel like I belonged. And he goes, he's like, Rosie, what's going on, man? I go, he goes, I swear he said this. He goes, dude, you, you, you haven't really aged. I go, you work so much. Stop working, dude. This is because I'm working less. Whoa. And we laugh. But it's like, when is he not working? When is he not on a movie to a movie to a movie? I don't know how you do that mentally, physically. I can't imagine not stop. Can you imagine? He's using Maybe you guys all, can. He's using all those young girls for their vitality. He's not having sex <laughs> like a vampire. They're the fountain of youth to keep him Jeez, energized. Yeah, I Maybe don't... what it is is I'm envious. I'm envious that I see these guys with their careers and they could do this because I'm like, how are they doing this? You don't want that. I just can't. I can't. I want to. You know. I love. You know. If you do a show for a couple months, or you do a movie, or well, you know, do my one, podcast, or or just my podcast. If I make a living off that, I just. I, I'm. You can four, control I, your schedule. But I'm going to be 48. I could die tomorrow. We talked about this. Like, how many years? Good years do I have left? 25. 25. 20. I was how many say, more years do you have to wear that hat? More than that. I if I'm lucky. Oh, gone squatch. I fucking I don't know. love that hat, but I do want to ask. Signed by Bobo. What? Yeah. From Howard Stern. No. From uh, Squatch and from um, yeah, uh, what the fuck? Did I, uh, gone, uh, Finding Bigfoot. Finding Bigfoot. Oh. Yeah, that show awesome. is fascinating. <laughs> Do you believe in <laughs> love after in life after love? Let me finish. <laughs> Do you believe in <laughs> <No. love? laughs> in, uh, in Squatch? Because there was a time when I saw Harry and the Hendersons, and I was like, "This shit's based on a true story." You really look at my back or what? Hey, all right. <laughs> you look at my back. Huh? Hey, do, Harry. <laughs> do you believe? And I want to use this to segue into uh, our final uh, chunk of the show. But do do you believe in Squatch? Uh, you know, I believe in uh, extraterrestrials. Like so that. I mean, Squatch is in the same world. Why can't you listen? You know, why can't you believe in there's there's, uh, there's creatures out there that they uncover that they find that they probably have they're not even near yeah. tapping into that are. Deep beneath the surface. Yeah. Who knows? People so, want why not? Do you guys believe it? I don't vehemently 
deny it. I, I just don't know. That's it. I don't think it's ridiculous to be interested in it and want to believe it. In big in Bigfoot? Yeah. yeah. You guys fucking serious right now? <laughs> you don't believe it at all. I think if we, I think if <laughs> I think if he was real, we would have found him. But I also think that we're not looking as in the places that like he truly is at. We're always looking in like the woods. <laughs> right. Like Cub Scouts go camping. Where like, should we look? Applebee's no. bar. He but. actually works on Wall Street. That's what I was gonna he say. He's completely maybe, undetected. Maybe he's on undercover boss. <laughs> we just don't know it. I don't know. Um, uh, we'd like to play a game with you right now. Uh, it's more right. of a, a new segment on the show where we kind of tackle the uh, the stories that are getting a lot of attention that nobody. I probably about. don't know them. I don't keep track of a lot of shit. I don't watch, dude. There's so much going on that we don't pay attention oh, great. to. So Mark goes uh, into a, a deep dive rabbit hole to pull up some shit that that should be worthy of our attention in a segment we like to call Wait. Uh, I get the manuscript of this episode <laughs> and see that part. Mark, what's our first story? So I thought appropriate for Lex Luthor would be our, our modern day Lex Luthor. This gentleman. Uh, read it for me. A Facebook employee reportedly blow dried Mark Zuckerberg's armpits before he gave speeches to get rid of his anxiety sweat, which is disgusting. Well, first of all, let's tackle anxiety sweat. Right. Is it a common problem? Does it happen to everyone? Should we talk about it? Should you hire people to take care of it? Zuckerberg is on another level cash flow wise, where I think he's starting to get into that fuck you money territory. You hire blow dryers, guys? Blow dryers. Yeah, I mean. BGGs. BG. Wait, BDGs. Blow dryer guys. See, I'm not really good with that. Also, what happened to just taking stories to the grave of things you've done? <laughs> like, how are you going to be your son's hero where he's just like, what'd you do, daddy? You go, I blow dried a man's arm. But how do you hide that? <laughs> Mark, how do you hide that? What do you get, like a mini blow dryer? Yeah. Yeah, dude. What do you, you do that? You're gonna, he's yeah. not a People big guy either. It. You tell your therapist, then you kill your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> how about, yeah, go ahead. I just think that's a total power move. It's not effective. There's no purpose behind it. You could just do that easily with a Dyson Airblade that you know they have in all the bathrooms at Facebook. I thought it was going to be like Mark Zuckerberg gets his nerves severed so he doesn't sweat from his armpits. Or Mark Zuckerberg is a cyborg. But like, that I would this why is not just, just like, hey, you're, I'm more rich than you. Come blow dry my arm. But by the way, you know what works? I've heard this. Yeah. And I sort of got it out because I do. I, I'm lucky. At least I don't have that. I don't get. I mean, I, can't, I think sweat. I have when I get anxiety sometimes. Yeah. But like if that's a major issue, I heard Botox does that. Yeah. You sure. just get a little Botox in your, in your arm. Yeah. That's it. No more sweat. Zucker. I got Botox in my taint. <laughs> no sweaty taints. That's no sweaty taint. Taint sweat is much more of a problem than our pit. Now I know I've got to Botox taint. Taint. <laughs> Tainted love. I blow dry. Is that no, from Greece no, too? Don't do that. Don't do it. Botox. Come on. Yeah, Zuckerberg is. Uh, look, I don't think he's. I, I think he. This guy is. I would love to see him like at a social event that he got invited. That's not his, where he's not controlling. You know what I'm saying? Like not a Facebook event, not a, a birthday party that he organized at, at Dave and Buster's. Like something that he showed up to. Like his cousin's kid's bar mitzvah. Totally. I want to see what he's like there. You want to see him uncomfortable? Yeah. Well, I feel like he's always uncomfortable. He always looks like he just farted around somebody he wanted to impress and he's waiting for them to smell it. Yeah, and he needs that <laughs> blow dryer guy to come and blow it away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now that's something you hire someone with a blow dryer for. 
Yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> there you go. Billy Zane could sell that. Or not Billy Zane. Billy Williams? No, Billy D. Williams? Who's Billy Mays? <laughs> Billy Mays here with the blow dryer fart. Oh, my Wait, God. who's Billy D. Williams? That's he's at Lando Calrissian. Uh, yeah. But by the way, Lando Calrissian trying to sell fucking <laughs> blow dryers to get rid of your farts. I actually. Billy Zane, yeah. I came up with an app, but I want to pitch it to you as Danny DeVito. Please. Is that okay? Yeah. I came up with an app. You hire somebody. You, you you order you order somebody to come to your house. It could be me. could be somebody else. I don't know. But you have a social function and you're gassy. They come over and they take the blame for all the farts. It's called farter. Like martyr, <laughs> but for farts. Or like grinder. Like martyr. Why martyr? Martyr. Oh, fart martyr. Like okay. Fart martyr. Yeah. If there's any developers out there that just heard this... Uh... <laughs> Zuckerberg, please DM me. On what? On what app? DM me on um on TikTok. I'm I'm on there with all the Zoomers. I never hear anybody doing Devito. That's good. I was just I wouldn't even listen to you. I was just like listening to your the the impressions. You should you should talk to my wife Rhea Perlman, SAG AFTRA actress Rhea Perlman. That's a SAG AFTRA. Do you think you have better taxi stories or uh, or better uh, twin stories? Twins. You should hear the twin stories I have of, <laughs> of, of watching Arnold bang a bunch of girls out in his trailer. He didn't know I was watching, but when he found out, he was totally cool with it. Because <laughs> twins look out for each other. <laughs> exactly. Right. When, when he was having sex, I was so in the role that I could feel him having sex with the other girls because on account of us being twins. <laughs> Danny, you should write a book. I've written many manuscripts, <laughs> but I've been good. told by the publishers that my fans don't read. <laughs> Mark, what's our next story? In a story that's never uh, had me more thankful that we were protected by nuclear bombs, yep. it's this story. This is our future. This, and this, this, this. Have you seen this kid? Put on a camera for this one. Hold on. Did you just see that? Yeah, I did. He uh, ate a fly. Two of them licked him uh, with his lips. This is the future. <laughs> this is where we're headed. Yeah, sustainable protein. You know, oh! You, you, wanna, you know what I want to say about this? Oh! Yeah, all right. All right, what I want to say is, on that. by the way, he is a true, he's a consummate professional. Yeah. As an actor, you don't have to cut cameras. No. You don't have to get, you don't <laughs> no. have to get the blow dryer guy. You are just saying, let's keep rolling. I'll handle this. Yeah. He's probably under they're under his tongue like a squirrel or some sort, and he's going to spit them out later, hopefully. Uh, hopefully. I just think it's real professional. It saves the crew a lot of time. That's the actor's eye right there. It is. And look at his skin, by the way. Flawless. <laughs> this video's only got 5,000 views. These are the types of things, too, that I go, when, when does it take, like, when, when does a spike hit? Like, any sort of, like, cat video... <laughs> Cake farts, like two girls. Like when? When is the turning point? Like when will this catch on? <laughs> Hang on, I'm sure there's another one that we're not seeing that has maybe 30 million. Or you just whoever found this and looks them up, yeah, it, it finds the one that's only. You know, well, this is February 12th, 2020. So there's got to be a Ooh. kid. Can I be honest right now? Yeah, yeah. I produced this video. <laughs> <laughs> you made the kid. All you need is a little CGI fly. I recognize that slow zoom. CGI yes. fly days. <laughs> Sundance, you listening? <laughs> Was one of those flies Jeff Goldblum? Oh my god! Oh, oh no no. <laughs> Can you do a Goldblum impression? I, if I worked on it, I could. Yeah. I can't do it. Are there any dinosaurs on this dinosaur tour? I I don't yeah, I don't. Good, that's but that's a good line. Just that's, ca I feel like it's all cadence. Yeah. Who yeah. are your best impressions? 
I don't know. I do weird ones, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know if I could do them. I did a Malkovich wow. back in the day, you know, when Clint Eastwood says in Line of Fire, you have a rendezvous with my asshole, motherfucker. And he says, no, what you couldn't possibly know, Frank, is that they sent my friend, my comrade in arms to my home to kill me. I never lied to you, Frank, and I never will. And he does this whole thing with his cadence. That's fucking really I good. Oh I know I haven't done that in a while. Malkovich from Rounders is really good too. What is it? What is the? Um, you seen Rounders, right? No. You haven't seen Rounders? No, I haven't. Did he do a Russian accent? Have you seen Shanghai Nights? I did. That's a great movie. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> just checking, just making sure you've seen some. He's clap. not in it, but I've seen <laughs> yeah, Shanghai Nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, don't you do a Keanu? You did. A yeah, Keanu. I always tell this story because I worked with Keanu, and he comes in this on what. I did a movie called Sweet November, and I'm carrying a naked Charlize Theron, and I'm playing a transvestite, and God. I'm holding her, and, and I bring her in the bathroom. And I remember, it's time. And I don't know, by the way, how hard is that, or playing gay but holding her naked in your hands and yep. bring her. How hard is that? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> holding a naked. How dare you, Devito? Say. He had. A... All, all I'm saying is I've <laughs> I've held naked less and been very hard. <laughs> So good. You just rest around your heart on you. It's safer this way. It's, it's spotting you. Yeah. Did 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 you have Extra to support. did you have to say something to her as you're? Well, yeah, I had a couple lines there in that scene, but you know, Keanu comes in and he's supposed to be really emotional, and he comes in and he says, "Sarah, I know doctors. Cut. Fuck. Oh, shit. No, no. Cut." And then the director's like, "Keanu, is everything all right? You need another take?" He's like, "No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Just okay. I'm ready." And action. Sarah, I know doctors. Fuck! Shit! Cut, cut, cut. And the director's up and he like hits the wall and he's pissed off. Kenny, is everything all right? You need another take. He's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready. And action. Sarah, I know doctors. Yeah, I think that was good. I think that was good. <laughs> and I remember all of us going... They were all pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. They're all good. They're all good. But he was wonderful to work with, man. Every I'd call him Keantu because I was in character. Like, Hi, Keantu. Morning. He's like, good morning. How are you? I'm like, doing great. Can we do some uh, jujitsu or whatever you're doing? I was like, it's like, sure. Let's go. All right. Come on. And he'd grab you and like, here, this move here. And he would do this. It's like, yeah. And that can kill a man like with one move. You've got the head he, swivel and yeah. the arm. But he was just really cool. He was just intense. But he was just really a good guy. There's not a line that I feel like he can't deliver and make it sound dramatic. Like in Hardball. You ever see Hardball? Where Long time ago. Dude, I remember I was like on the verge of tears where he's just like, <clears throat> I'm blown away by your guy's ability to. No, he goes, fuck, cut. Um, he goes, uh, <laughs> fuck. He goes, uh, he goes uh, the hardest thing in life is, is the, having the ability to show up. And they did a little hair thing, and, and then they cut to the kids all like crying, like but kind of confused. And he's like, "I'm blown away by your ability to show up." And then they cut back to the kids, kind of being like, "All right, like fucking, are we supposed to be crying right now? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> but it was so dramatic, and I was like, "This guy could just turn anything into gold." Just charisma, right? I don't know what it is. It's just all on charisma. He's he just, I know. It just they can't keep still. Almost, it's like he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you imagine? Yeah, yeah. What if he's on set with this this bullfrog kid? I think he'd be like, yo, man, you can you can yell cut if you want. <laughs> Is that kid's name Jeremiah? Did he just eat a fly? <laughs> Whoa. That was a fly. Mark, will you pull up one more for us and we'll wrap it up? Uh, absolutely. Now, you want to uh, be ready for another internet villain? Wait till you read about this, this, this dude. 
Man offers, That's me. That's man offers $25,000 to anyone who can find him a girlfriend. Isn't that everyone in Silicon Valley? Right. So he got sick and tired of doing dating apps. And then he goes, if someone can find me a girlfriend, I'll give you 25000 You go, that's a pretty good offer. Look at the stipulations. This Do they have to douche. have that birthmark? Is that what up there? Okay, this is him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let, this is him here. Let's not compare him to who he looks like on the set, please. And let's just keep scrolling. I was going to say. <laughs> let's just keep scrolling. Yeah. Fuck you, Sandy. You look like shit sometimes, too. Let's <laughs> I look like shit always. It's the fly guy. As an I only get compared to the worst looking people. <laughs> but look at these stipulations here. Gebhardt will pay the fee in five installments of $5,000 over a five-year period unless the couple breaks up in that time. If so, the matchmaker won't receive any more money than what they've already earned. Women who are dating him or those who are nominate themselves are not eligible for payment. You get ladies who are interested in dating Gebhardt don't get to skip straight to dinner in a movie either. Women must take a survey to see if they would be a match. You go, uh, $5,000 a year. Okay. Two months bills. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like, all right, first of all, the first thing that came to mind before you read the sort of like, you know, what you have yeah. to do the rules, I thought, how many people are going out there going, all right, listen, Mary, yeah. you're going to go out with this fucking nut job. Yes. And uh, you're going to get the 25. We're going to split it because I found it. All right, uh -huh. you date him. Fine. You, I'll get 5,000. Great. Not, no installments, though. <laughs> and then here's what we're going to do. And then we're going to do it. And we're going to like a few weeks. Great. Go on a couple dates with him and you get the money. But no, this guy's going over five years. So he's not even a sugar daddy. No. Right? If he's looking for a sugar daddy, this girl's going to want more than 5,000 a year. Yeah, that's not going to cut it. 5,000 yeah. a year over the installment yeah. of five years. Guarantee I don't know who you're getting for yeah. that money. Too. By the way, he's yeah. never getting a date. Now he just lost a, a possibility of dating anybody on the earth. Can yeah. I consolidate that with JG Wentworth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? I got a structured settlement and I need cash now. Totally. I guarantee he sends you a tax document too. You know, at the end of the year, he's like, yeah, I nine you. You go, what? What does he mean by ladies interested in dating him can't just skip straight to dinner in a movie? No idea, but it said that they have to take a survey that's right, but based so, in science. But then what's the first date? Like what's, what's taking the survey and him watching them from a separate room with one of those two-way mirrors. That's a, a, a first date you can't wait to tell your grandkids about. Oh, By the way, I can't. All I can imagine is looking at him. I'm going. He's got stainless steel. It's almost like he lives in Batman's like mansion, right? He's probably rich. He's trying to show I have money, but he's only offering five thousand dollar installments. So this is the cheapest fuck. You'd ever, yeah. ever meet. Detail-oriented in a bad way. He's a douche Also, these are clearly, now that we're looking at, these are definitely uh, bicep implants. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why not a, just say $25,000 and uh, I'll know. give you $25,000 or I'll, I'm, look, I'm looking for uh, someone that wants a sugar daddy. He's making That's it harder it. than it has to be. I do love how serious he is about it though. Because I'm like, he knows that everyone's reading it being like, seriously? And he's like, let me put those words right back in your mouth. Seriously. But also Period. you could sue based on the language. Like, you're not asking for a girlfriend. You're asking uh -uh. for a wife. And paying that in installments is a breach of the contract. Because we found you the girlfriend. Give me the $25,000. Yeah. It's not like... Right. It, it, it's not like a... But it, there are terms. It's got to last five years. That's... Insanity. You know what? Yeah. I was just thinking of this. What do you think of this, Mark? You know what I'm here? I was thinking, 
if I, what if you go on a date and you're like, all right, I'll do it. $25,000. I need the money. And then every dinner you go to it, this guy's like, yo, we're going to split this. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, oh yeah. Well, I'm yeah. giving you a lot of money at the end of the year. We're going to split every meal and you know, yeah. you're going to pay rent. You're going to, we're going to split everything. This yeah, is a real Dutch's Dutch. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah. Well, good luck to this guy. Let's keep us posted, Mark. Obviously. I will do a follow-up. I also like that his name is Gebhart, but you just put the B here and the G here. You got Beghart. <laughs> <laughs> things we're noticing he's begging from the heart you know you know how to turn this whole conversation and we all look like dicks at the very end it says he he was diagnosed with something as five years to live yeah, yeah. I, oh my god I know, dude. Oh, dude your biceps are totally real i'm an idiot where do you go to that's actually out? uh a oh growth god. it's an it's an abscess from from one of its I'm tumors so sorry yeah oh my god i'll date you I'll he can only be in stainless steel rooms yeah, that are that are full of uh, yeah. He goes the things are. He goes the things you're pointing at are actually my triceps. I got reverse bicep tricep syndrome. You dies from. He go, what? Jeff Garland looks good though. Yeah, <laughs> but it says Jeff G, right? Jeff G, yeah. Oh, oh shit, that's fun. Well, thanks, Mark. That was great. That was uh, good one, Mark. Mike, you're a treat, man. This was a blast. And you know, it's funny because a few minutes ago this popped out, and I was like, oh fuck. And then I felt like, oh, now they're going to think I'm doing heroin because I went like this. Thing. You know, I was hiding my, but I. Well, I, now we got to, wait, so that was. No, 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 no. Heroin addicts don't oh, put gauze over their tracks. <laughs> oh, they don't? <laughs> no. I'm so uncool. Yeah. I won't do it again. Yeah, how was the dentist, loser? Yeah. It was. I got, uh, I had to be put to sleep to do. <laughs> I don't know. He is on heroin. Jeff, call me. <laughs> and I just, so they put me to sleep like at yeah. noon. So I was going to cancel. I was like, yeah. can they find? I go, look, if they can't find another guest. And it was hard because last minute. So I was like, I'm coming. You're a rock star. But I was like, oh, my God. I don't oh, this was today? Happen. Yeah, dude. This is today. He was under. Is your I doctor Conrad Murray? <laughs> <laughs> what? I, who's Conrad Murray? Isn't that the guy Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, he was? I thought it was the guy who uh, it was the guy who's the lead guy, the dad on Different Strokes. Who's that? It could be both. Conrad. Oh, that's Conrad Bain. Oh, yeah. You don't remember Different Strokes, do you? I do. Yeah. Course. Different Strokes of Dings. Do you know who wrote the song? Um, Malcolm Jamal Warner. Could be racist. No, he I'm kidding. He wrote. You know, of course, it's not racist. All right. Well, I just like to say that. <laughs> My <laughs> friends will say anything. I go, that's racist. And they're like, what? I wasn't being. I'm like, I'm just kidding. How could that be racist? He wrote some uh, theme song, Malcolm Jamal. Uh, Jamal it was Warner. Alan Thick. He wrote Different Strokes. He wrote oh, wow. Growing Pains. The Lay Down. He Thicke. wrote the Growing Pains theme Love song. Love that guy. Yep. He wrote. Yeah. Fuck. That makes sense because his son's a, th a singer. I, yeah. I presented it with something. At a, like a hockey tournament because he played hockey for your yeah, yeah. son so we all played yeah. hockey together and uh i remember going can alan Th thick just come up stage please can he just come up here for a minute and he's like what the fuck's going on i actually didn't present him anything i go would you mind singing a little song with me now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum and all of a sudden he started what might be rap you oh, and we sang different strokes and everybody started singing it was oh my god it was an achievement in my life that's a beautiful yeah you'll never forget that different strokes it takes different strokes it takes different strokes to rule the world. Yes, it does. It <laughs> Some would argue that the Growing Pains theme song is better. Do you know it? Go ahead. Show me that smile. Oh, show, show me that, that smile. smile. Don't mm. waste another minute on your problems. We'll know with the end. The best is ready to begin. Here it is. Ooh, as long as we got each other. We got the world spinning right in our hands, baby. You made me shine. We're gonna be 
the luckiest dream is the number three. All of a sudden, we go to Mike and we go, the number Taking it to the street. Taking it to the street. You know what else is a good one? So, um, uh, my neighbor. Uh, He's Michael I, McDonald. I, I wish. <laughs> hey, have you seen my mail? Keep forgetting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hey, try to remember. It's important. I got some shit coming. <laughs> hey, uh, do you know what time it is? Minute. Oh, minute. Oh, okay. Thanks, man. That's some help right there. I'll tell you, you what. You coming to my barbecue next weekend? Uh, Y'all won't be there. <laughs> Y'all won't be there. Over. No, just ring the door, but you don't need to go over the fence. <laughs> we'll be another one. Come on, give me another one. Did that really happen? <laughs> yeah, we'll be another, what's another song? Oh, Michael, McDonald. Uh, Michael McDonald, neighbor, oh, is a um, great new God, show. God, isn't this a beautiful really day? I wish the summer came out. Sure, sweet friend. <laughs> he should be at the pool on his piano, and you look down from your deck, and he's down there, and you're like, dude, you're still down there? <laughs> he's still partying. <laughs> dude, I'm oh. so tired of walking on grass. Take it to the street. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so your neighbor. Uh, so my neighbor, uh, uh, oh. when I moved into my house, he goes, uh, "Hey, uh, you're an actor." I'm like, "Hopefully, you're not a stalker." <laughs> and he's like, uh, "Hey, man." Uh, I go, "Yeah, are, are you an actor?" He goes, "Oh, no, no, I, I write jingles." I go, "Oh, that's dude, that's amazing." Anything I would know? He goes, "I don't know. You're a little young." I go, "Dude." He goes, uh, "Silver spoons." I go, "You did silver spoons?" Wow. He did. Do you guys remember Silver Spoons? Yeah. Oh yeah. He did this theme song. He sang it and played it. Silver Spoons, and that's when songs used to have people came up with jingles and sang the Man. fun times. Yeah. We were just talking about yeah. that. And now in movies, don't you miss the this summer? Yeah, mm. I miss it. It would be corny, but if you if you just incorporated it, it would start working again. It'll make a course. And yet more people get jobs, although they hire that one fucking guy for everything, yeah. right? Yeah. In a world this summer, your mom in a bar. Fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was always that one dude who got all <laughs> Michael of McDonald's pool. Yeah. Is that the title or just the. This <laughs> summer. You uh, should have him do the voiceover. <laughs> oh my God. That would be amazing. Okay. So uh, Michael Rosenbaum's Inside of You. Get it wherever you uh, oh, yeah. listen Inside to of you, Michael Rosenbaum. Is, guys, please, if you take a minute, subscribe. Oh, they will. I'm sure they are. I, I love you. To I really appreciate it. I and love you got it. the video coming uh, tomorrow. Uh, next to. Oh, yeah. When this, when this, this comes out. Tomorrow, yeah. Tuesday is our first yep. video. We got some great guests. I think uh, I could say it. Uh, Brandon Routh, who Superman. Whoa, Superman. All that. So uh, he's our first uh, on camera one. Fuck got yeah. a lot of great ones coming up. So thanks, man. And, uh, and, and go back and watch sorority boys if you haven't uh seen it so good i love it it's truly it. yeah man it's like uh it's you got a, time for one quick question from the internet yeah let's do it oh, that, yeah, real quick. If there's one, a harlan yeah. one yeah okay is that cool hold on let me pull this up because actually there was a harlan related one that looked pretty interesting give me one second here because you promised this to the things right am i wrong yep. okay cool here we go okay so this is harlan related it goes um can michael please direct and write a horror film with harlan Williams as the killer could you imagine that Sorry, you have to die, bud. <laughs> He's like this. All of a sudden, he look, or he doesn't talk. He just goes. <laughs> <laughs> the neck. <laughs> wow, as he snaps it. Oh. Uh, yeah, that would be amazing. By the way, I, I'm writing a lot now. And I've been writing a long time, but you know what happens is I you sell shit and no one ever sees it because it right. never gets made. So uh, we're in the process of selling another one. And I'm writing a horror series. Horror is my favorite genre. It is. By far. I think I'm pretty adept at like you know i know it's scary and i feel like movies aren't scary enough these days so i really want to you know i like paranormal i like i mean there's well, some good ones like it follows and um uh, insidious i thought was mm -hmm. good and but i just feel like, like the paranormal activity love movies? the first me couple too. scared the shit out of me, me that too. shit scares me <clears throat> yeah uh what do you think about someone if they are not scared of those movies if they're just sitting there when everyone in the theater jumps and they're just like 
<sighs> so, psychopath, maybe. Psychopath, right? Well, you know, for me, people always go, why do you like horror movies? I'm like, it's like a roller coaster. It's adrenaline. When you scare me, it's like, oh my gosh, my heart's beating and my arms are getting tingly. I'm like going, holy shit. It's fun for me. It's like, I and when I experience it with other people, it's, it's great. I have friends who will not, most of my friends will not watch horror movies with me. You know who I watch horror movies with? My Mormon friends. Mormons. John John Heater, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, one of my best friends in the world. He's got. We've got a, a bunch of these. The Mormons love the, at least these guys. They love horror movies. Fuck. We watch horror movies. What about your ninety-one-year-old grandma? No, she's like, why are we watching this crap? What is this? Yeah, my, last night, my during the, actually yesterday during the day, it's like four in the afternoon. My sister puts on the Jeffrey Dahmer movie. Yeah, my grandma's ninety-one. She goes, why are we watching? What is? He's putting a head in a jar. What the fuck? She didn't say fuck, but wait till the next scene, Grandma. Yeah, just See wait till he puts he in the head. Wait till he fucks it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's not watching. Uh, yeah. Uh, does she listen to podcasts? Will she watch this? No. I you know I usually tell my family not to listen to my podcast okay. because I talk sometimes about them. Yeah. You know, it's just like it's it's I don't beat the you know I don't it's just like it's personal. Of course. You know, people open up to me on my podcast. I open up to them. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm not telling you shit. I'll yeah. I'll, I'll relate to you. How about this? I, I did this. This happened to me, and then. People open up. Well, you opened up today. Dude, it was a, this was a lot of fun. I come back anytime if you need a guest. Last yes. minute. You're a, you're, a, you're a crusher. Your podcast rules. Go check it out. Subscribe. iTunes, Spotify. Peanut Gallery. Thank you. You guys are hilarious. Nate, All you guys. Yeah, right? Yeah, really funny, man. Great addition. And now it's fun. dark. We've been here a while. Yeah. Um, it, wow, it's really smoggy. Yeah. I'm still high, I think. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next week. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.